0: Hey everybody this is Tyler Maine and you are listening to WithoutYourHead.com I still got mine you got yours The Without Your Head, I'm Destin Neal. We're here with the dinner party with the cast and the crew. We have Vincent, and he's the co-director, or director, co-writer, Miles Doliak. Good to have you back. Hello. First time I had you on yes. video, though. Yes. Yes. Sadie nice. and the producer, Lindsay Ann Williams. Hello. The star, Haley, Allie Hart. And the composer, and the first time I've ever introduced someone is this, the opera
1: consultant. Clifton <laughs> High. <Hire.
2: laughs>
1: Which is very cool. Yeah. yeah it's well, nice. you know, I, it's, we, we've actually had a couple of reviews where they specifically pointed out how much they appreciated our handling of the opera material and how it related so beautifully to the characters and their individual narrative journeys, And, you know, Clifton played a big role in that. Uh, he is a music aficionado, opera aficionado, uh, man of many talents, uh, maybe even a master of a few. And, uh, and opera is uh, one thing he has a pretty firm handle on. So. Yeah. And he I, I would, I would think that's
0: something sometimes people overlook like in a movie or a story is like, oh, this person, you know, they must be an expert on this field. Uh, yeah. you know, just the person writing it, but... Uh, you bring in an actual expert. So, so, make, so if someone is like an expert in opera, they know that you, these
1: people know what they're talking about. Right, right, right. I mean, you know, research is a good thing. Mm-hmm. You know, get, get, getting the facts straight is a good thing, in, in my opinion. I come from a history background. I have a PhD in history, as you may know, Neil. Uh, so it was very important to me that those little details were spot on, and Clifton helped us get that stuff right. Yeah.
3: Miles, okay. just because I – just thought of this, and I
1: I didn't know. How did you meet Clifton? <laughs> Clifton and I have known each other since, what, like elementary school?
3: Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. But, but
1: we, we became close in high school uh, because we both attended Hattiesburg High School, which had, at the time, one of the best drama programs in the whole Southeast, and we were both heavily involved in that program, traveling around to drama festivals and drama and debate tournaments and that sort of stuff. And uh, we've been collaborating ever since. And in fact, uh, on the musical front, one of uh, Clifton and my favorite things to do in high school was to sit in hotel lobbies when we were off at a drama festival or a tournament or whatever. And, uh, you know, serenade the populace with, with tunes. Clifton would play guitar. I love that. And,
4: I yeah. was never we informed of this. Like 15, awesome. 16 years old and these people would be giving us drinks for free. It was gruesome. Yeah, I, that's
1: was... awesome. I didn't think you guys
5: used to do that. Yeah, yeah.
1: played a wedding yep. Or something, yeah. Like we it. we got pulled into a wedding, I think. <laughs> at one <of> yeah, I love know, it. Were just for the bride, we're like,
5: okay,
4: yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's pretty wild. <laughs> Which I don't remember now,
1: Miles. You did a song in one of your earlier movies. We've got songs all over our movies, yeah. Um, at this, mm-hmm. we, we wrote one for this movie too. It's mm-hmm. called Ash Wednesday, plays over the closing credits. Um, but, yeah, we, I, we have written original music for every movie since The Hollow. Uh, not only original, oh, obviously original music, but we've written an original oh, song yeah, for, for uh, every movie since
5: and The Hollow. And one of Miles' songs does feature in The Historian, but it wasn't written for The Historian. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: Know, yeah.
0: yeah. About uh, Ali, how did you meet everybody? Did you know everyone beforehand? or
5: No.
3: No. <laughs> Miles, went want to hop on that train? <laughs> What? Do you want to hop know, on that train and see? Yeah, it?
1: yeah. Well, so um, Allie has a wonderful agent named Rachel Sheedy, and we have worked with Rachel several times, um, and her her awesome clientele like Bill Sadler and in this film Bill, Bill Sage. Sage, right. So we were talking to Allie about Bill Sage for this movie, Rachel. and uh, to Rachel, sorry about uh, Bill, and she looked at the script. She said, "I, I have this amazing." actress, Allie Hart. You have got to read her for this role. Uh, she, she just has something, this magnetism. She's, she's going to be big. I absolutely know it. Um, so I said, you know, anything for you, Rachel, because she's always been good to us. And uh, so Allie read for it and blew the producers away. Uh, the two of us and Jim Bullion and Wes uh, all watched her work and agreed that, you know, our, our search was over uh, for this, this lead character of Haley, who had to be so many things, you know, vulnerable. I remember our first conversation
3: about yeah. that on the phone shortly yeah. after.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, you, you go ahead, uh, um, Allie, take over. I mean, it, it's a really, it's a, it's a tricky dance, a complicated dance that this, yeah. this character has to engage in. Because
3: she's so multidimensional. And there's, yeah. I obviously, I, I learned so much more about her when I got there and, Had so many conversations with with you, and then meeting Jeff was a was a big thing. That was meeting Jeff, Mike, character Jeff, Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that was a big thing. That was a big moment for me, where I I was I I had a much broader understanding of this character once I met him. But yeah, we talked. Me and me and Miles talked for a while after I booked about this complex character that I was super excited about, and then me and Lindsay talked. Went finally, like we try to get on the phone for a little yeah. bit, we talked yeah. and then it's just like, we were on the phone forever. And I was like, I know these people. These are my, my, my mutual aliens. I can't wait to create with them. <laughs> like, we just had this, this beautiful chemistry already that I,
5: yeah, right? Yeah, it, it was instantaneous. I, our first conversation, it was supposed to be like a five minute conversation about her sizes and what color she wanted and just like have like a little bit of a costume conversation. We ended up talking on the phone for, I think like three hours or something. Yeah. We went into was, a like,
3: rabbit hole of life and it was, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, and, and I think we and, needed that though. I think we really needed that. Cause I, as soon as I landed, I, I knew who I was. I knew right. you, I, I knew whose car I was getting into mm-hmm. and I instant, t- like I just felt yeah. so at home and comfortable and ready to, it, the, the way this transcended in this, like, very family, yeah, I was like, oh my gosh, hi, I missed you. I don't even know you. <laughs>
5: <laughs> but I feel like it had to be that way because coming so far, coming to Mississippi, a place you had never been before, you know, helming, uh you know, being the lead actress for the yeah. first yeah. time in a feature film, like, that's really heavy. That's really hard. So having that comfortable kind of instant connection, yeah. I, mean, I can I can't. I just, and leaving I just my kid for the first that. time ever for right, four yeah. weeks was, right. and it,
3: it, you guys made it, you made it easy for me to, to si- I, I, I remember I, when I got in the car, I was like, oh my God, I haven't left my, my kid. <laughs> like this is, and you really silenced a lot of those worries and fears. And it was great. Yeah. I,
1: I think that camaraderie, that esprit de corps that, that we not only shared with Allie, maybe particularly Allie, but also with Bill and Mm -hmm. and Andy and Mike. (laughs) Yeah, well, I I think it's so critical of the the chemistry with those characters around the dinner table. And Mm -hmm. um, we really had that. There was an intimacy and a familiarity, this kind of familial vibe, right, that that we felt like we shared. And I think that shows up in the movie.
0: Yes, and most of a lot of the movie is dialogue based. I think
1: if that if you didn't have that, the movie wouldn't work. Right, yeah. right. right. Yeah, and, like the, and the characters dragging. are constantly yeah. playing off of each other. There's this mm-hmm. repartee, right? They're, they're, one dominoes one thing leads to another, and you know, the batting the ball across the net, whatever analogy you want to use. But but every performance is dependent on the other performance. Right? It, it's 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 very um, symbiotic. Uh, the relationship. Yeah. And, and
3: they're the all so uniquely personal to each other and uniquely different. And it's so to see all of those eccentricities and different and differences working together is like, it's just art.
5: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: Was that a concern? Because uh, when you're writing the movie and filming it, uh, since it is a lot of dialogue uh, to keep it interesting, you know, the dialogue itself and also maybe, to have, you know, some movements in the camera and everything. Well,
1: yeah, it's, um, I, I think it, I think it was Walter Murch who said that most directors and DPs exhaust, visually exhaust the possibilities in a single room in like 90 seconds. Um, at least for the average viewer. Um, and, uh, and, you know, I I would say 30, 40 minutes of our movie, at least maybe more takes place in that dining room. Yeah. And, uh, and so, yeah, we were deeply, deeply concerned with keeping it interesting, keeping it moving. Um, each time we move to a slightly different conversation and, and the focus shifts uh, from character to character. And as we're kind of zeroing in on, on Jeff and Haley, uh, we use slightly different variations with camera, you know, from the camera being still to the camera moving more to the you know, shot compositions change um, to keep it interesting um musically things change right we begin in sort of silence and slowly build this sort of sonic uh, mm. musical soundscape that that clifton did beautifully so yeah i was very concerned that it doesn't just sit and get get dull the last thing you want to be is boring right, right.
4: One, one thing I, I have a question about pertaining to the long dinner scene specifically Um, what was the filter you guys used towards the end? Like it was a really unique.
1: To give like a dream look? Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, well, no no spoilers, but, but yes, in the scene that you're talking about, um, our DP, Michael Williams made these special filters, homemade filters. He made them himself uh, with, with nail polish and box cutters, basically.
5: Really? It's amazing.
1: (laughs) So he took glass, right? And he, and he, yeah, sliced it up, uh, coated it's it incredible. with nail polish, and that gave you that that drugged up, mm. drugged out. Yeah, that, was, that
4: makes it so much cool that it was practical.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely yeah. practical. Yep.
4: That's really cool. Yeah. I did not know
0: that. When you score a movie, um, how much of it is, uh, do you see the whole movie beforehand?
4: I, I, I like to get the script before shooting begins. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the way I generally go is I, I like the script. In fact, I received one right before this happened. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I, I go through and my process is different than a lot of people because I, I, I look at the characters and I'm and to figure out themes, who deserves themes, who, you know, what can be grouped together as certain themes. Are there objects or actual emotions or historical type things that need to have themes as well? And I'll write a bunch of music. To this day, none of that's ever made it into the action score. <laughs> because, because I also ask for dailies. And as I'm seeing it and starting to get the visual, then I pretty much throw everything away. Mm-hmm. You know? But to me, it's just something about trying to get to know the characters and get my idea of what's going on with the characters and the drama. And then have that completely morphed by what I actually see and actually the way people speak mm-hmm. uh, is really really a big part of it so yeah. I basically write two scores for every movie I throw the first one away
0: yeah and since miles uh, has a music background himself does he have a lot of input uh, of course in the score
4: we, we uh, it's really it's really fun it can get annoying sometimes when it's like we have to get something done really fast and he's driving to New Orleans and I'm sending him cues to listen to in the car like that I'm <laughs> filming on my phone <laughs> that works that doesn't work and then <laughs> because uh, and and we have like to get the reel done with it so it's yeah.
1: also dangerous yeah. don't do that at home yeah, no. don't <laughs> four cues while
4: there, there was one trip to that you took to somewhere that we were back and forth yeah um, yeah and the thing is it's 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 very important to me to make sure that what i'm writing goes with what the director wants and sees and so having that that back and forth feedback is really important to me um because nothing is sacred as far as I'm concerned. it's just, it's all, what, what, what do you need? What do you want there? And I I'll I will make it happen.
0: Mm-hmm. And now, uh, Allie, you know, mentioned the, how different her character is, you know, different parts of the movie. Uh, which is, like, more challenging, doing, like, the more, you know, quiet stuff or some of the more physical uh, parts of the movie?
3: I wouldn't, oh... Oh, they were both so different and, and so fun that I can't really say that it was, the, which is more challenging, probably just the physical stuff because it's the first time that I ever like done anything like that in a film. So I was just trying to figure it out and we are but I got to say me and Miles, we have some good like fight chemistry, <laughs> I had so much fun. I was so ready to get just dirty with it, and I told Mike. Mike probably got so annoyed with me because I was just like, "Let me do it. Let me do it." No, I don't want the double. Let me do it. And he's like, "Allie, like you're bruised up already. Mm-hmm. Just let the double do her job for like the you know uh, being thrown over the the pool table and stuff like mm-hmm. that." I was like, "I went in. I went in." Um, so probably- score in the
4: whole movie. Say that again. The pool table scene was one of my favorite things. Pretty awesome, was it? It was just fun. Yeah,
3: that was was that was a fun scene. Yeah, I love I love the softer, vulnerable stuff. That's that was probably less challenging for me. That Mm -hmm. was that's just I I love it. That's like kind of my bread and butter. That was, but the fighting and the physical stuff that was all new. And I it but absolutely. I loved it and I want to continue to, I got inspired by all of that. I want to continue to do stuff like that.
0: Yeah, When I mentioned earlier, there's a lot of dialogue. But the, the movie does get really crazy too. So I don't want to give people the wrong impression yeah. of the movie. There's uh a- yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and, and big kudos to Mike Mayhall who played Jeff and Emmy nominated Mike Mayhall.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, who, uh, who played Great Jeff that. and was also, <laughs> yes. Cheers. Cheers, Mike, who um, Bronx SIU, check it out. Bronx SIU. Uh, which is um, a cable series that – digital series that he got nominated for. Um, What was I going to say? Kudos to Mike, really, because, look, fight scenes are really, really hard to sell. And they're especially hard to sell in independent films where you don't have any time and you don't have any money, right? And uh, so, you know, Mike, like a skilled choreographer, you know – I would, I would go to Mike and I I would say, okay, this fight needs to go from here to here. Or, or I, I might, I might even be broader than that. Mike, I just want a fight to happen at and in the swimming pool. And, and like a dance, like a dance master, he would weave it together and, and worked beautifully. Um, you know, we had some awesome stunt doubles. They didn't get to work very much because Allie wouldn't have it, but, uh, but yeah, that 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 fight with you in the in the in the pool room was a lot of fun.
4: I, I didn't know that Mike was the stunt coordinator on
1: that. Yes.
3: Oh yeah, fantastic. My favorite fight was was the was the dinner table with you and Swandy and every where I just fucked that.
5: Yeah, you can say whatever
0: you want, but yeah, it was, it was pretty awesome seeing. You. Uh Lindsay, were you always going to be in the movie?
5: Uh, yeah, um, so I've been in every one of Historia Films Productions to date, um, and uh, this might actually be a little bit of a question for Miles as the writer.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, uh, uh, the only thing I would say is when the script originally came to me, via uh, the, uh, the embryonic draft by my co-writer, uh, Michael Donovan Horn, the character of Sadie wasn't in it, was not in the script. I thought the script had a lot of potential. The bones were really good. Some of the characters were really, really interesting. And there was this, this kernel, this axis this point uh, of this psychoanalytical kind of through line of uh, everyone in the film is a victim in some way. They've, they've suffered trauma in some way. And as a coping mechanism, uh, many of them have turned around and become traumatizers and, and victimizers. And I just thought that was fascinating. But the 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 script needed some narrative coherence. I thought something to tie it together and, and Sadie became that thing. And so, uh, as I started working with Michael and rewriting the scripts, so much writing is rewriting. Um, uh, Sadie came into existence and, and as I was writing Sadie, uh, Lindsay was the only person I could think of. I mean, I just, I was thinking of Lindsay the whole time. um, and so we were talking about Sadie's arc and, and who she is and how she speaks and moves through the room and all, all these kinds of things. So from the point that Sadie, um, you know, exploded in or materialized okay. into existence, uh, uh, Lindsay was part of the movie, but, uh, but she wasn't in those very, very, very early drafts, which I, it's hard for me to even fathom right now, not thinking back on the movie. But. Mm-hmm. And
3: then me meeting Lindsay, I couldn't imagine anybody else playing like my wife.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Spoiler alert! <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh no, <laughs> that works perfectly.
0: Right, right, yeah. yeah. I was gonna, I was gonna say there's a big arc for for Lindsay's character too, and uh, but I didn't want to spoil the movie. But <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: where Thanks. did you film uh, the movies? Like, was it was it your own house or someone's house? You no, know? no, no. <laughs> right, unfortunately, it's
1: not my house. Oh, right. uh, we shot it in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, at the home of. Uh, Dr. Carr and Pam McClain, uh who were uh, incredibly gracious hosts and you know one of the one of my big issues fears concerns going into this was where the hell are we going to shoot this Wh- where are we going to find you know some rich people who are going to let us go in their house for 15 or 20 days and you know they'll move out be- for beat us beat each and other up <laughs> and throw stuff around and splatter blood all over everywhere and whatever <laughs> um but, um, and didn't they
5: p- say,
3: didn't they say, Miles, that oh, and we're going to be redoing these floors, so get whatever you want on them? Yeah, yeah they yeah. did say
1: that at one point. Yeah, <laughs> um, so <laughs> our, my, our good friend Mindy Bennett, who sort of served as our location manager on this, um, found the house or knew of the house and approached them, and uh, we were able to work something out. And I, you know, yeah, that this house, the house in this movie is a character in and of itself. It oh has my gosh. To, yeah. It has to be a certain kind of thing. Um, and, and of course our production designer, Julie Tosh came in and, and put all the touches mm-hmm. and the, and the knickknacks and the arcana and the, um, to- almost created that altar room set from the ground up. I mean, that room looks totally different yeah. in real life. It was like their exercise room. It had a treadmill and, a
5: well, and it's like from the 1970s. So the walls are covered in yeah. murals yeah. of like, uh, like grapevines and all this stuff and it's very bright and shiny in there and that's not what
1: the altar room looks yeah, like in the movie Yeah, <laughs> right, right. we were yeah. very fortunate with that location yeah
0: have they seen the finished movie
1: they no have they not.
0: have not all right you think they will or oh yeah
5: they're they're sharing everything on facebook they're, way into they're it. talking Aww. they're loving it yeah they're really yeah.
0: you mentioned the blood i mean the, the blood in the movie looks great it's really thick and, and dark and uh so who Thank who did the gore scenes? I guess.
1: Thank you very much. Well, uh, we had it. We just had a terrific art department, uh, led by Julie, our production designer, uh, also Georgia Robles and and Dayton Hall, uh, and Richard Ward. Richard Ward, um, who you know, once again, I mean, we're we're working on a shoestring so often with these types of things, but we knew the blood had to sell. We knew the gore bits had to sell. I mean. It, there isn't i would say there isn't a ton of gore in this movie so we, we really wanted when
0: but it stands when, up when,
1: yeah we when we <laughs> went there we wanted to stick a landing if you will and um and it, you know it's one of my pet peeves blood in movies bad blood in movies is one of my pet peeves when the blood looks all like thin and too red and, you know, and not or, dark enough or either yeah. too either too red or 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 too watery looking and so it was really important to me that the blood was you know this nice deep rich red, and that it, it felt thick. And um, so, so yeah, Julie. That's really that's really Julie's department. She did a great job there.
0: Yeah, And Allie. A lot of your scenes, you have a lot of blood, like in your hair. I assume that's <laughs> what? a lot of fun. I was, was
5: going to say when you <laughs> asked about what the hardest uh, hardest part for her to film was, it'd probably be she got blood in her eye a couple of times, mm-hmm. and it actually dyed her contact. Team oh wow.
3: Yeah. Cause I'm pretty much blind. So I have to wear contacts and I had to go get, thank God that they had my prescription at the Walmart in Mississippi. I had to go get, cause I didn't bring any other ones. Mm-hmm. And I was like calling my dad, can you mail me some overnight or something? Um, cause he has the prescription in Texas because I'm, I live in LA, but my, my eye doctor's in Texas and I was dealing with all of these hoops to get new contacts cause it stained both of them. And I looked crazy. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I just my kid. So I just
1: uh, you got a horror movie going on in your own
3: head. <laughs> <correct>. She's great. <laughs> <laughs> no, so the altar. When I knew I was going to get it, poured it all over me. I just took my contacts out and was couldn't see anything. I was like, I, I don't really have much to see in here anyway. So I took them out. And I was just blind for that whole altar scene. Yeah. Um, but the no, the hardest scene I think probably was with. Actually, it was one of the fun. funnest was the pool scene. But they have to put a different kind of blood on you uh, in water so it doesn't just immediately come off in the water. And that blood, you have to scrub your skin off to get it off. And I was in the shower forever at that house, just scrubbing, 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 scrubbing. Skin's coming off. I'm almost bleeding at this point because it was hard to get off. Mm-hmm. It was so hard to get off.
0: Yeah, but out of your but, hair, I would assume it would have been worse getting out of your hair. I don't know. That
3: stuff is not that hard. Like the other, it's really not. It, it's the stuff that you have, to, that they put on yeah, when you it's, get in the bars, so it Yeah, doesn't it's come the out.
5: alcohol-based yeah. paint. alcohol, paint-based. not
3: the water-based, yeah. the alcohol-based. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I could not get that off to save my life.
5: It took like three of us, like after we it would 10th, wrap for the night. i sure we would, they were rubbing yep. me. Yep, and like she would just like throw her clothes like every which way, and it was hard. And her skin was just red for hours. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Now, uh, Clifton, do you normally do horror movies, or do, what kind of movies do you normally work on?
4: Uh, whatever's paying. <laughs> That's a good <laughs> answer. Right? Yeah, you know, I, I, I. Yeah, it's all it's all the same for me. As far do as you
0: approach them differently, or I no, they no, just no, movies no. do. Yeah.
4: It's there. It's just. Uh... I mean, the, the differences in approach is different, is dealing with different directors and different stuff. Different Some people very much want things done a certain way and then other people like Miles are way more collaborative where it's it's really good give and take. So now my main thing, my main thing, what do you want? What sounds do you want? Let's come to a thing. And then I make it a point to give anyone I work with two to three times more stuff than I think they'll possibly need and let them make the call on their side. And then if none of that works, I'll do it from scratch again at the drop of a hat and that's that's just how I like to work Uh, and like when I was doing a lot of work in New York for TV commercials that was kind of the ethos of that and I think that's where I kind of got it from where it's you have 24 hours before something's going to go on the Super Bowl and you'll do seven or eight full rewrites re-recordings remixes and you you don't have time to argue about it you just do it and make sure you give people what they want and I find that that works really well in both TV format and in uh, long-form format too.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Just.
4: Yeah. Uh, I don't know how it, It's just that. Uh, that's the role. Your role is to to do that. You know. So. Be, at least the way I look at it. Mm-hmm. John Williams <laughs> can tell Steven Silver to recut something. Uh-huh. <laughs> and they did. They recut the the whole chase scene in ET. He's like, no, the music's better. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Interesting. I actually uh, interviewed a composer uh, recently and he had the same story. I guess that's really a, a big story amongst uh, composers, well, it's, just, it, I, it's like the composers. He only... cut five seconds out and then he made him add it back in because he said it didn't flow without the yeah. uh, without yeah. the five seconds of that music.
4: Yeah, that's the only thing, time I know of the composer telling the director, No, your cut is wrong. Yeah. Right. And you know, but well, like,
1: there's only one John Williams,
4: right? Yeah. I mean, like you know, it's it's because he's like, look, we're building up to the scene where the the bikes fly across the moon, like the shot of the whole movie. And He's like, I need those five frames to make that impact, like when the. Because it's
1: so <laughs> You know, cool, Cliff, it, you know, you know. I I mean, John Williams has been working with Spielberg since Jaws. Jaws, right? So, what is ET their fourth or fifth movie together, maybe? E.T.'s 80- Jaws, yeah. you know, so you okay. get got Jaws, uh, Raiders, Jaws, Close Encounters. nineteen forty-two, right. Close Encounters. Right.
4: Yeah. So yeah, so fifth movie. So, so
1: they, so... Collaboration. I mean, I think of the way you and I work, right? I yeah. mean, like, because at, at this point, when I make a movie, you're sort of more than just the composer. Yeah. It's, hence, opera <laughs> consultant. And on occasion, uh, you, you will have some real creative input uh, regarding the cut, I mean, not not the that, hollow, I not, not, a, I well, not a, that, In the hollow, I have one. Right, I mean, not not that you're saying it has to be this way, but you see the movie as much as any of the rest of us, yeah. and sometimes you have suggestions, and sometimes they're, you know, I'm like, huh, that's a really good suggestion. So I'm I'm wondering if if the thing with John and uh, Stephen was something like that, where they they had just worked together so long that I'll take it. You know? But it's still a great story. Anyway. Yeah. I, I, I say that to say that I think when you work with someone long enough and close enough and you develop the kind of rapport, say that, that that I have or Lindsay and I have, um, you start listening to them about things that aren't even necessarily their department. Because you just trust them creatively and you know their creative instincts so well. And and obviously those creative instincts mesh to some extent with yours or you wouldn't keep Have been working with them this long.
2: Um,
1: And so you start asking them about things that are maybe outside their purview, you know, and, and I think, you know, film is the ultimate collaborative sport and that's what it's all about. It's about finding people like that, finding people that you trust, finding those, those, that go to tribe or whatever it might be that you can say, Hey, what what would you do here?
5: Or, or yeah, you know,
1: do you think we have it? you know, and when Mm -hmm. they say yes or, you know, we got it or no, we don't have it. You, you know, you really let that sink in. You take it to heart. Mm -hmm.
5: I think for a director who also acts in all of his films, it's really important for Miles to have people like that, that he can trust. Because there are some times when he doesn't have time to watch every single, um, you know, every playback, he doesn't know, he doesn't have time to watch every single take. So if Clifton's there or if I'm not in the scene and I'm there, and he says you were watching on monitor. Do we have it? He has to have someone that he can trust um, yes. that that can help him with that because, as an actor and with independent film with so little money and so little time, you just don't have time to watch every single take.
1: Yeah, I just don't believe that. I don't believe that that you know a, a film can be successful under some kind of dictatorship. And you know, Billy Friedkin would probably disagree with me. But um, I, I, it's just. I think the more the more voices that you have in the room, especially voices that you know well, whose instincts you know, who you've been around the block with, or who have, you know, you have an actor. Yeah, if you have an actor like Bill Sage or Bill Sadler, or William Forsyth or whatever, who's been, you know, who has 150 plus IMDb credits, they've been on a lot of sets. Sometimes they're smarter than you are. Sometimes they have a better idea. Sometimes they have something... Uh, you know that they think the character ought to say that's what that's better than what's on the page. And uh, to me, and you're, that's pretty, it,
3: you're pretty, I mean, hyper aware to know when somebody's emotionally intuitive, emotionally aware, emotionally intelligent enough to, you know, assess what it is that you're doing.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
3: She's crazy right now. Are <laughs> you all hearing her or no?
0: A little bit, but <laughs> right. yeah, it's it's sorry. Yeah. It's uh, very uh,
3: distracting. Yeah.
0: Um, maybe we're a weird question, Lindsay, but uh, I think some people that't make movies don't really know what like the role of a producer might be. So, what was your role as producer on on uh, the dinner party?
5: Um, so I was probably the I was the last producer that came on. Um, I originally was not going to be uh, a producer on the film, but it's it's really hard to not be one when you make movies the way that Miles and I make movies. Um, but so we started at the at the very top, you know, um, Miles was rewriting the script and, you know, giving me his passes every day. We were working on um, getting the schedule together, getting the budget together, raising the money for everything, getting the location, um, determining when and where to um, get everything started and and what to do. I also usually um, on our film serve as the casting director. Yeah. Um, So kind of managing all of that, all of the auditions going through headshots, going through all of that stuff. Um, Miles and I do primarily between um, all of the producers on the film, Miles and I are primarily the ones who deal with casting. Um, Jim.
1: And creative more generally. Right.
5: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jim did have... the, you know, this was Jim's project to start with. He spirited it to the us, yeah. original thing and brought it to us. Um, so he had very strong opinions about who would play Haley. Um, so he really focused on finding just the perfect Haley. Um, Too bad he, we
1: didn't find her. I know. <laughs>
5: we got this girl. She's uh, not that good. Um, <laughs> um, but so uh, Miles and I really focused on the rest of that. And um, But every little thing, like, from Is There Enough? water at the crafty station to what are we eating for dinner every night and um, getting people's call times and making sure that everybody's together. Plus, I also serve as the costume designer. Mm -hmm. So having all of that kind of um, stuff to do and input, it's really just a very all like, you know, once we start home Taking people. Yeah, yeah. 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 Taking people up to the airport. Driving driving people around. I mean, you know. Making sure that people have something to do outside of set so that they're not bored, like, on our days off and stuff. It's really, once Miles and I start making a movie, it's completely all-encompassing. There's nothing that we don't put our fingers on.
1: And it's hard. I mean, it's hard. I, I can't overstate how valuable Lindsay is on these films and how, you know, I really see her as a 100% creative partner um, in these endeavors. And we had, a, we had a very active lead producing team here on this movie, and that includes Lindsay, of course, but also Jim Bullion and Wesley O'Mary. Mm-hmm. Um, put out
5: a lot of fires. Yeah, there, <laughs> are,
1: there, there, are, there are always going to be fires to put out on an independent film set. And uh, this team was very keen and aware and ready to do that. I mean, it, you know, people ask me, what do producers do? Well, on an independent film, pretty much Everything. everything. Whatever, whatever is yeah. falling through the cracks, whatever it needs, whatever needs to be done.
5: And this team was really good at kind of playing tag team, so yeah. that especially because Miles and I were both in front of the camera as well, um, it was really nice to have Jim and Wes there to pick up the slack when we were both busy mm-hmm. making a movie. Mm-hmm. So,
1: and that you know, just from the top, from the top down, from creative to logistical to financial to dealing with the unions to picking up talent, whatever. On, a, on an independent film set, the producers are the last line of defense. Mm-hmm. and um and you know anybody who i talk to or talks to me about wanting to be a capital p producer i'm like well you know what that's going to entail yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. i <laughs> i produced my first feature film in february and it was a very oh, wow. grueling uh, yeah. experience yeah, yeah. right
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah i i quit doing anything after that and every but then i decided against that but everyone was they told me who's done yeah, before they said that's what everyone does after After you make a movies, you don't want to do it again. But then you want to do it again after.
2: It's addicting. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: Now, uh, Allie, had you worked in horror movies before? And are you a horror movie fan?
3: Oh, my gosh, yes. I love horror films. And I've done a lot of horror shorts. And I did, right before this, I did a a horror, um, like, vampire feature. where. But this was, like, the first lead in a feature, horror Mm -hmm. feature. And uh, um, I did... Like I said, some for some short horror film festivals and stuff like that, and I, I love it. I've always loved it, and I grew up very like religious in a religious household where I wasn't allowed to watch war and I wasn't allowed to watch anything with witchcraft or magic. And so I loved Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter and all these things that I wasn't allowed to watch. And then of course, like just. Freddy Krueger and Jason and Chucky and uh, Rosemary's Baby and just all these all of these horror films that I fell in love with, especially Stephen King's. Like I watched, I rewatched it seven hundred times, and I snuck it at two in the morning by myself when I was seven years old, while my mom was sleeping. And I and I think I got really. Uh, kind of ad- addicted to that feeling of, oh, I'm not supposed to be doing this. I could get in a lot of trouble because I got grounded and all these things taken away from me for watching more <laughs> films in like 34th grade. I really did. And so I'd sneak away and watch watch them at a friend's house and my mom would call and she'd be like, what are you guys doing? and like, we're, we're swimming, we're, we're eating dinner and really I have saw on pause. And, I, and <laughs> you know, I, the, that feeling became something Else entirely for like a decade, and I, now it ha, I have this special connection to, to horror because of because of it. And I'm like, do I like this because I wasn't allowed to, and I'm just naturally this rebellious spirit? Who knows? But I have a I have a very intimate relationship with horror, and I think it really stems from my from my childhood and like not being able to. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
3: and I've always felt like I was just scarier than everybody.
2: Hmm. So. I'm like, <laughs>
3: I really did. I really do. Like I go to haunted. I go to haunted houses. I go to every haunted house I can. On um, you, we went to one. Well, so yeah, like, you yeah, yeah, sure did. Um, sure. Yeah, I go and I and I will. I, I get such a, I get, I get
0: like actual haunted houses or like, uh, like haunts, like for Halloween time. Just,
3: just really crazy haunts. I go to like, you know, universal horror and like yeah. all that all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's, I don't know. It's kind of erotic for me. <laughs> <laughs> I have so much fun. And like, I've like walked up to the people, the chainsaws and like kissed them and stuff just because I'm like, I am in my element
0: right now. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah, but
5: they'll be making
1: signs
0: that
3: you're not going to touch people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I've gone to some where you can. We're in. Yeah, Yeah, I haven't gone to the extreme ones. But yeah, and and I have you ever
0: seen anything about the McKayme Manor? That's the real like extreme one. Ooh, I watched those.
3: Yes, I watched that documentary. Yeah, Yeah.
0: that's Uh, yeah. I had the guy on. He's uh, because I find him very uh, interesting, even though I don't know. Why he does what he does? Because he doesn't get paid or anything. I just think.
2: Yeah,
5: he, yeah just, he's obsessed.
0: Yeah. that's the
1: one where they yeah, like so, bury yeah. you alive and stuff, and
5: yeah, yeah. yeah no one's
0: actually ever even finished it. Okay. Like they do, really, like they even pull people's teeth, like really like crazy things. I, I'm not oh, sure why anyone wow. would do it. But.
3: So to answer your question, yes, yes, yeah. and I feel like it's attracted to me too because it always come. It's it always comes into my life somehow, yeah. and I like making people more. feel uncomfortable
0: i don't know if you want answer this enough but uh does, does your mom watch the horror movies now that you're in will she watch the the dinner party she
3: well she's gonna hate it but she <laughs> because i've done a lot of like even stage plays and yeah. every all of, and when i was in theater school i uh wrote everything i wrote was you know disturbing and disgusting and <laughs> Allie, i i don't know why i don't know why you do that <laughs> and she really she just tries to wrap her head around it and i'm like
1: you're troubled <laughs> clearly <laughs> yeah. she,
3: but she yeah she she's going to watch it and she used to watch me practice for the exorcist uh the stage show and i was you know i was emily and so it she she hates it <laughs> she just she hates it <laughs> but she's like well that's Ally." yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: So uh, Clifton you said like you do all kinds of movies, but do you like horror movies?
4: very much so very much so um big fan I like lots of uh disturbing things I like lots of uh gore and I don't like the good guys to win and I hate when <laughs> the virgin gets away at the end. that always upsets me. <laughs> like you know i I like it I like the really trust i'm a, I'm a real big fan of like uh Takeshi and Miki's stuff like that stuff is. Like where my heart is, like audition, Ichi the Killer, you know those crazy Japanese and the Korean stuff. That's, Ooh, yeah, that's where it gets really fun. Yeah. yeah,
1: every time I send Clifton a horror script, he advises it to, uh, or advises me to write more perverse, twisted. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so, uh, I like this guy. Yeah. So this this might be this might be the most perverse, twisted uh, film we've worked on together. And even still, after Clifton read it the first time, he was making suggestions to, to take it further. I was just like, like Come
2: really, on that's it? "Let's go!
3: I want to see more horror films where everybody does everything right and they and they still die.
2: Uh-huh. Like
3: you know, like every, don't go in that room. Don't go like don't don't do that. Don't don't fall on the ground as you're running away." Like do everything right, everything very intelligent and calculated and still just uh... it's
4: like a meta slasher movie where like all the right choices are actually they're planned for.
5: Right, right. <laughs> so, like, if that's what you want? Um I have something for you to read. <laughs> Email me <sister. laughs> Does
4: That be what you just emailed me? Yes. <laughs> yeah.
5: Email it to. Me. Is it like is it that? I'm
4: very
1: excited, yeah.
5: Oh uh, God. every, everybody does everything, right. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about that, it's pretty close.
1: This is a new strip we're working on. Yeah. Uh, it's
5: a project. It's a new so new we'll project that
1: we have in the pipeline called Demi God that, uh, same producing team. This is uh Jim is working with us again. Um, mm-hmm. something we are trying to put together and figure out around, of course, uh, COVID-19 and, and when we can actually ensure that we can shoot it in, uh, on the safest possible yeah, field, safe. right. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, that's, yeah. that's, that's looking like it's going to be our next, our next project. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The movie I mentioned in February, it was right before everything happened, so I don't oh, want wow. people think yeah. we were filming like, you know, when you're yeah. supposed to yeah. do or anything, yeah. but yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I, 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 what was that? Sorry.
3: I was just thinking of the last movie that I watched where everyone did everything right and still died. And I think, oh. it was, I think it was the strangers with Liv Tyler. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, they, I, that I think that was the last one.
1: That's what I was, I was thinking about. Yeah, they still got, like, they still got. No, I mean,
3: yeah, I mean, they they did look, everything like, right?
1: They did. Well, I mean, look at the priests in The Exorcist, right? I know, mean, what, they, they both, they no. both, they both die. Mm-hmm. Spoiler, that's okay. That's a
2: spoiler.
1: <laughs> yeah. If you haven't I, seen that movie, you deserve I, it. You have it. I, um, I. So, I mean, I think that you know. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, part of the horror of horror is seeing, seeing characters that you care about who, who are making, perhaps making good decisions. Mm-hmm. Sure, you have people who are stumbling and bumbling and going in the room they shouldn't be going in. But um, you know, part of the horror of horror is seeing characters that you love die, right? I mean, and, yeah. and the, that's, part of the, that's part of the catharsis maybe of the genre. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't. Oh, okay. know I'm, I'm What's interesting? The, I
0: think about what the horror genre. There's so many subgenres of horror. Yeah. yeah. So when you say yeah. horror, I mean it could could be so many different things. Yeah. It could be very graphic. It could be funny. It could you know. There's so many different uh, styles. And
1: that's why it's a fun. That's why it's so so much fun. Right. It's, it's a big. It's a big old sandbox, yeah. right? Yeah. Like yeah. see, like the Omen. The Devil Wins. The End. The, right.
4: Yes. Yes.
1: The the the, the fate. Yeah. Like one of the Another big, good example. Novels, right? I mean, right? Yeah. I mean, Gregory yeah. Peck is a totally great dude in that right he, he's a totally great dude who you know a humanitarian smart logical right you know down to earth at, uh you know just trying to be a good guy and do the right thing no no yeah. no it's,
5: it's great
1: wait and win. yes
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, when does the dinner party come out i think i probably have it here. uh so
1: we originally had planned for a a june 5th uh small theatrical release we had some events. We were cooking up in uh, New Orleans and in uh, Los Angeles. Uh, but, of course, due to the pandemic, uh, that theatrical is not going to happen. So, um, so we are uh, going to be released in the streaming world and on DVD, Blu-ray, on June 9th. Okay. So June 9th, you will be able to find the film on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, Fandango Now, VHX, Steam, Vudu, all those guys. Uh, and on your cable video-on-demand menu, uh, regardless of your cable carrier, shortly after on DirecTV. And uh, if you're still a physical media kind of person, uh, you can order the DVD Blu-ray on Amazon, which has a really cool little behind-the-scenes featurette uh, that was put together by Travis Mills. Uh, It's about 10 minutes long, um, but it's a really nice piece. If you're interested in getting a little more insight about the film and hearing from the cast, uh, Travis came out, shot interviews with the cast um, a couple of days. And, and so that's on the, on the DVD Blu-ray. Yeah. 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 You're in it.
3: <laughs> no, I know what you're laughing at me. <laughs> 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 anyway,
0: I want to see guess, it. Yeah.
1: June, June 9th.
0: Yeah. June 9th. All right. Very cool. It's probably too early to ask this, but do you know how like the pandemic is going to affect uh, video on demand? Like, do you think more or less people will get things on, on demand now?
1: Uh, I I think that I think that more people are watching streaming video. Yes, mm-hmm. I do. I think that I mean I just yeah, think yeah, of our own example. We, yeah. we we have done things like watched the entire Marvel catalog in chronological order. Oh wow! Under quarantine, that probably we took started, like two weeks. We started watching all the Bond films <laughs> in, in in chronological, in chronological order. order. Um, uh, now we're watching all the Michael Mann films. <laughs> so you know we we you know i think that a lot of people are seeking out content um mm-hmm. and are hungry for content and are and are looking to movies and television for comfort yeah. um you know for and, and for entertainment, and just yeah. and just for something to pass the time um, yeah. and that's why i think i when it just i get really chapped uh when people diss on artists um because you think of a time like this and and you know obviously our frontline workers our healthcare workers uh, are so supremely important, and God bless each and every one of them for their incredible work and sacrifice. But uh, in this time, how important are movies and TV and music and poetry and all those things that bolster and sustain us and, and have done so that we've leaned on uh, in this time of, let's face it, it's, it's, we're, we've all experienced, regardless of how close or far COVID has come to us and our households, yeah. We've, we've all experienced a kind of trauma, and we've leaned on art uh, and, and music um, to help get us through. And, mm-hmm. uh, and that really, really, you know, really is something that is powerful and, and palatable. And, and so I hope that people will keep creating and keep being creative because I yeah. think that the arts are as important as they have ever been, and in some cases, more so.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree 100%. There's even some cool ones that people have put together just currently, like uh, during the pandemic, they would just film in their house with just what they have. And there's like uh, some anthologies oh, yeah. that I've seen that that are, yeah. they're really well-made and they're fun.
1: Well, and some things that like, like uh, John Krasinski's Some Good News and, and and watching all these wonderful musicians from, you know, around the world, just playing with a guitar and a piano in their house, you know, yeah, and yeah. Um, that. That rendition of that Robbie Robertson and Ringo Starr did of, of The Wake with, with musicians from around the world remotely. Did you see that, Clifton? Nope. Oh, man, Google that and check it out. It's, it's unbelievable. I mean, it's just so powerful. Um, just seeing how all these artists, you know, rising up and, and trying to give us, you know, some support and comfort and, and salve in this really complicated, difficult, painful time. Has been absolutely inspiring. I mean, it really, really has. Yeah. Now, I'm-
3: Imagine if we were together in this quarantine. Eh. <laughs> I, have, I have thought that transmute this collective pain into. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> Uh, Clifton, I did, did want to ask too because uh, I like the score throughout the whole movie. But there's uh, one particular scene is when um, there's some, some violence going on. You actually have like operatic music. I think it's the first yeah. time someone gets killed. Not to spoil the movie, but uh, mm-hmm. I thought that worked really well because it's I like the the contrast in the music and you know and, and something violent.
4: Yeah, kind of yeah. makes
0: the yeah. violence seem uh, pretty in its own way. Thank
4: you. Uh, that, that was the I mean, that's real two yeah. and that was, or no, it's the beginning of real three, and that was probably the hardest thing to do in the whole, uh, probably the hardest scoring part to do because I literally took a bunch of recordings of the operas that they're all talking about earlier in the, the thing, and I found wax cylinder recordings of them from the early part of the 1900s. And because they, they play, the, the first time you see Sebastian put a thing on its own old gramophone, right? Mm-hmm. Way early, so I was like, oh, so we can play with this kind of lo-fi thing. So then I was taking that and I put it into a a granular synthesizer and broke it up into little pieces to where the song is being morphed and also creating uh, other notes and harmonies through the synthesis to rap against itself and taking the sound of uh, Allie's voice and using that to do the same thing to where it then built this huge pad of music and ambient sounds which came together to create this crazy thing Um, and then the whole idea that I wanted was when you finally saw a there's a death in the movie I'm sorry (laughs)
2: Uh,
4: when the death finally happens it actually is kind of on the prettier side of it because I wanted it to be less on the horror and more on the joy of the actual people that were responsible for it Mm -hmm. and their huge joy is this opera so like let's let this be actually a cathartic you know orgasm type thing not a horrific thing which in many ways like when i have showed it to some other people they found that to be actually kind of scarier that it is so pretty at that point yeah
1: well Well, and and that's definitely and if you watch what's happening on carmine's face during that moment oh yeah it works works very well it's just (laughs) it almost feels like and we clipped and i talked about this it's almost an ennio morricone moment isn't it like a little bit of that's
4: what that was the idea yeah. yeah Uh, especially what happens right after the the deed is done when they're doing the other stuff that's the real oh, yeah. morocone mona yeah yeah i think it's drunk
1: yeah 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 and then yeah.
4: it just becomes a puerto rican fuck fest which
0: is great <laughs> <laughs> come on you heard the music i wrote
4: for that section
0: <laughs> now ali what did you think of when you see the finished movie obviously you're, you're there filming and stuff but once you see it's all edited and you have the score in there what what, what did you think?
3: I honestly I will I kind of have a weird relationship with this it's in my own head because I won't finish it. I haven't mm. I've not I've watched 25 minutes of it um and I I was like I I to do th- I really wanted to do this like I didn't want to watch it by myself. I didn't ha- and or just my sister and I was like do I wait and cuz ca-? I'm I really I plan on coming to uh, New Orleans is like very soon and I really it's, it was really important to me I wanted to watch it with Miles and Lindsay so I think I'm going to continue to wait as um, tempting as it is because I have it and I really I've like skipped to parts just so I know like that I'm going to be questioned about in interviews but like it's I really want to watch it with you too I don't know I and I know that I'm coming there like this fall so I, I'm either, I'm either going to wait or I'm just gonna like set something up in my home that's like makes it theatrical and big, but I wanna wait and watch it with you two. <laughs> it the f- is, the biggest <laughs> I don't know, I feel, I feel weird.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah.
1: well, I mean, it really is disappointing that that because this really is a film that, that screams to be seen on a big screen.
3: Yeah, and it does.
1: Yeah, I felt like I was I being of- robbed
3: of this experience from yeah. watching it on my laptop. And I was, I said, so I stopped it. And I, like I said, I like, I jumped around and it was, I know I saw the beautiful, some, the more soul moments of the beautiful performances and um, the shots. And it was just looked like the Baroque paintings that we just were looking up and talking about. And like, I was just like, Oh, I can't, I feel like I'm cheating and robbing it of this like experience that it deserves. And so I just, I took it off the laptop and I was like, I'm going to, and Jenna was like, you're not going to watch it. And I was like, Nope, <laughs> I'm going to wait. <laughs> Cause I didn't know how to hook it up to my TV and I just, I, I, I couldn't oh. just watch it on my laptop like that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I think uh, horror movies and comedies too, are best to be seen with people because <laughs> yeah. you can yeah. kind of have a group kind of interaction. Mm-hmm. Uh, where other movies, I mean, it's cool to see any movie on a big screen, but like if you're watching a drama, there isn't like the interaction with the audience. I don't think
1: Right. Yeah.
5: Yeah. yeah. So, so. Not, not feeding on other people's laughter. It, other it's people's
1: just, fears. you know, we, we spend a lot of time, and, you know, Michael Williams did an amazing job, and, and Jared Hollingsworth, our editor, and our fantastic colorist par excellence, Bradley Greer, the best in the business. Uh, and of course, Clifton's dynamic score. I mean, uh, and, you know, we spend all this time looking at this stuff and, and tweaking it and fine-tuning it on big calibrated monitors in Dolby-certified rooms for people to watch it on their iPhone or their laptop. It's just not the same. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
4: And I was
3: like, I am not going to rob myself of this. No. no.
1: There's literally
4: stuff in the score that you, that is physically impossible to hear unless it's on big speakers. Right. Yeah. It's just that, 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 like it's it's made that way to give – the rumble in the seat. And
3: right. You know, and I can even tell in the moments that I saw in, in, with the music, I was like, this is meant to disturb my molecules and it, and it's can't through this, these laptop speakers. I'm not doing it. I, I got pissed. <laughs> I was frustrated.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, Lindsay, did you um, research anything for Sadie's character? Like how you're going to play her and some of the, uh, the things she does? Um, good
5: question. I thought about doing, Some research, I kind of had toyed toyed with the idea of doing like a 1930s mid-Atlantic accent, a little Catherine Hepburn or something, or a British accent. This was before Miles had decided that Vincent was going to have a British accent. And I really kind of just wanted her to feel like she could lift out of this world like she was grounded into, into the earth, like she was connected to the earth, but didn't necessarily belong in this place at this time. And so she she's, sounds very different to me, to me when I watch it and hear it. She sounds like a completely different person. She speaks a little bit more low and she, there's just a little bit more melody um, in her voice. And I, um, I also have degrees in ancient history and, um, and Greek, and Greek is a melodic language, um, ancient Greek at least, um, that had a lot of um, accents and um, things like that. And so I kind of thought if she does have this kind of way of speaking, that maybe I don't know how to finish answering that without well, saying something
2: bad. Always,
5: yeah. Well, that's a, there's Let's a musicality
1: to it. Yeah, there's a musicality and a rhythm to the way she talks, and that was a character choice.
5: And, and I wanted her to feel, yeah. There's there's something of like um, a, a slithering nature that I wanted to yeah. to feel with um, her movements and, and I just it was wanted... very windy, yeah. <laughs> the
1: uh, the uh, the the other thing that Lindsay was instrumental on is is the sort of the helping advise on the creation of this religion uh, that we that these characters espouse in the movie. Um, of which Sadie is a practitioner. That's not really ruining anything. Um, uh, so Lindsay is, is, has a lot of knowledge and has done a lot of reading on near Eastern mother goddesses, spiral goddess and the, you know, uh, triple goddess tradition and all these kinds of things. And, and a lot of that, the the Minoan snake goddess, uh, who you see peppered throughout the film, So pay attention to these uh, breadcrumbs folks. Um, anyway, uh, and so t- we were always having those conversations um, throughout the sort of re- revision process right. of the script.
5: Plus, <laughs> when you kind of when he told me that he had written Sadie with me in mind, you know, I, I lived with the script for longer than anybody but Miles in terms and of actors, yeah. Yeah. Um, in terms of actors. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So where Allie only had a couple of weeks to, you know, think about her character and stuff like that. I've been living with Sadie in my head for months. So it's not necessarily like I was going out of my way to do research. She was just there. Yeah.
0: So uh, the dinner party, said it's uh, June 9th. People can get on video on demand and in uh, Blu-ray, DVD. Uh, I, I like physical release, but either way, it's is cool, whatever people are into. I say that, but, you know, sometimes uh, even if I know I have a movie on DVD or Blu-ray, Sometimes it's easier just to go and watch it if I know it's on, if it's yeah, on like Shredder, It's kind of stupid,
1: but, but yeah, yeah. yeah. We've gotten pretty lazy, right? It's like, right. Oh, like take it out I want to go it pick, pick <laughs> it up or just turn it on. The, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Please try to watch it. Uh, that, that first week it comes out if at all possible. And, uh, and if you like the movie, do say something nice about the movie on one of these platforms. Uh, plus IMDB. That's a big one. User reviews really help word of mouth on independent films is such a big deal. Um, independent films are successful uh, by creating this kind of snowball, word of mouth kind of viral, sorry to use that term, but it's, it's the best one I could think of, uh, effect, right? Where people keep talking about it. They tell five or 10 people and those people tell 10 or 20 more. Um, because the fact of the matter is trolls are going to get on IMDb and Amazon and iTunes and trash your movie regardless of how good it is this is what they live for they they they're like living in their mother's basement eating twinkies trashing your movie and and they are crueler the the the, the real cruelty is they are meaner to independent films than they are big studio films with 150 million dollar budgets if yeah. you want to pick on avengers be my guest do it all day long but come on folks people independent filmmakers who are scraping and clawing and and you know Spending their own money to get their movie made and out into the world, and you're going to go on and trash that, that person's movie, surely you have something better to do with your time. So, anyway, the point I'm making is if you like our movie, please go somewhere, go onto the, one of these platforms and say something nice about it. It doesn't have to be long. It's a huge help to us, and we would be exceedingly grateful.
0: Very good. Uh, where can you follow everybody here? So, like uh, Clifton, where can people follow you? Not like your house, but.
4: <laughs>
0: but, uh, <laughs> unless you want that information, I don't know.
4: But. Uh, yeah, I. Uh, which one am I? What? I do one of
1: them. You're on Instagram. You're on Instagram.
4: Oh, Instagram. All right. I
1: load social media. Clifton is Clifton is at Clifton aired A I R D Hyde H Y D E on Instagram.
0: All right, very good. Allie, where can people follow you?
3: I'm at Allie Shay, A L L I S H E Y. I'm not sure On
4: Instagram,
3: yeah. I don't have
4: My cousin's named Allie Shay. No way. Yep. Allie Shay? Yeah.
3: I've never met another Allie Shay.
4: Well, you haven't met this one either, but she's. It's
3: Allie Shay. How old is she, like, is she my age?
4: Uh, She's, well, I mean, you're what, 21? 27. Okay, think
3: yeah. So she's like 34. Oh, wow. That's cool. What were you... Lindsay, what, did you, what was your question? Oh, if you were on Twitter. No. Oh. I can only be addicted to one social media, so... Mm-hmm. <laughs> one addiction at a time.
0: <laughs> well, Lindsay, uh, where people follow you?
5: I uh, am most active on Instagram. I technically have a Twitter, but I haven't signed on to it in like five years. But um, my... Instagram handle is Puella underscore DeVille, um, D-E-V-I-L-L-E. Uh, it is both a Latin joke and a Disney joke. So Puella DeVille,
1: that's me. And uh, mine is very easy. It's at Miles underscore Doliak. And that, that holds for both Instagram and Twitter.
2: Right, at very good.
1: Miles
0: underscore yeah. And uh, does the dinner party have a uh, social media page
1: anywhere? It, it does not, but uh, oh, you can. Also, you could follow. Uh, well, we do have a. We do, We have a Facebook page. We have a Facebook page. Yeah. Okay. You can. You can. You can Google or or, or search Facebook for the well, dinner Historia party. Historia
4: has a page, doesn't it? Historia yeah. There's Films. a
1: Historia Films page. Uh, Historia has Facebook and Twitter at Historia Films Ms. That's H I S T O R I A Films okay. Miss. And uh, then our distributor at uncorked ent uh, and that there's no E in that. So U N C O R K D E N T on Instagram. Uh, they post a good deal of material about our movies yeah. and stuff as well. But I mean, I'm all, I am I'm, I'm trying to be more active on social media and to really black. Kind of have
0: to be if you're.
1: Yeah. Uh, so uh, if you're following my Instagram or Twitter feed, uh, you're you're gonna you're gonna hear about what's going on with the movie. We post reviews, we post interviews like this. We, um, you know, <laughs> uh, I posted a bunch of stills and mm-hmm. reflections about the film. And,
3: and I know I love the, that
1: you did that. So um, yeah, if you follow me on Instagram at miles underscore doliak, you'll you'll be able to follow what's going on.
0: All right, very cool. Well, I appreciate everyone uh, taking time to do this. It's been fun. Thank you. And I really like the dinner the dinner party. I liked right away when I saw the cool. Uh, jackets i saw even one of the one of the posters had one I, I think it was one of the alternate posters so this miles like choking somebody and i was like
2: that okay, yeah. jacket
0: but yeah yeah
3: that, that was just like we were literally working and it was like pause let me take your picture and it happened and when we saw it later we were like that was literally a
5: blimp in the day
3: and it was we loved
5: it
0: oh yeah it's a great photo was, i love it
5: it was like bill bill sage was trying to show miles how to use the, the different functions on his phone. And he's like, hey, you just do this, and that <laughs> photo happens. So
3: that's, what, that's what, literally, no edit anything.
0: Yeah. yeah. Great. I love it, yeah. Well of the apps on his phone is how to choke people, apparently.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right, well, as soon, I always have to tell people, as soon as I, to save this, I have to just hang up. And I feel bad just hanging up, but it's the only way to save this, uh, the, uh, this whole video, so I'm okay. going to hang up on everybody. Basically, It's what okay. I'm saying. Right. send
1: us the link, right,
0: Neil? Yes, of link? course. Yeah, I'll send okay. it. On the thank
1: link. you for what you do to promote independent yes. film. We You're so welcome. sincerely appreciate it.
0: Thank you, well, and thank you guys for doing this. It's really been a lot of fun. I think
3: that's nice to
2: virtually
0: meet you. Yeah, you as well. Bye. Bye, guys.
2: Bye. Start off with some phalange sticks. Yeah, we will be jumping. Toenail chips and mucus tip. And now the party's really poppin'. Grill your flesh till it's well done. Chew your eyeballs like bubblegum. We're feasting on you. Cause it's a cannibal, cannibal barbecue. A cannibal, cannibal barbecue. And crunch and fried brains for lunch and an unborn fetus for dinner. A1 on your cranium and some hot sauce on your liver. And when it's time for some dessert, we got pancreas pie and earwax sherbet. We're feasting on you. Cause it's a cannibal, cannibal barbecue. A cannibal, cannibal. It's a cannibal, cannibal barbecue. A cannibal, cannibal barbecue. A cannibal, cannibal barbecue. Oh yeah. I say, oh 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 oh, wah wah wah. Oh 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 oh. That's fucking. That's good enough for me. What are you laughing at? Sometimes it takes a million takes.